FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. Welcome to the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We would like to thank our sponsors, Incelerate, Equifax, WFG Enterprise Solutions, Next Level Advisors, and FinLocker. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We have a very special guest for you today. She is an industry trailblazer, a thought leader, extremely well-respected for all that she does for the mortgage industry. Please help me welcome the amazing Susan Malazzo, CEO at the California Mortgage Bankers Association. Susan, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Michael, and thank you for that very warm introduction. I appreciate it. Uh, well, it is great to have you. Before we jump in and start talking about all the great things that the CMBA is doing, tell our listeners a little bit about your background and kind of how did you get into the mortgage industry? Uh, sure. You know, it's funny. I've, uh, I've had this job uh, since the early 2000s. Uh, and I've been around for so long and been through so many cycles that I think people think that I have a background in the mortgage industry and I kind of came from the mortgage industry. Um, but that's not actually true. When I got this job, um, I knew to make my mortgage payment and that was about it. <laughs> I uh, actually, uh, I worked in, I, I worked literally from the time I got out of high school, I worked in politics in California. Um, so I, um, Got a job right out of high school uh, in a clerical position for some political consultants in California. And um, that next year, they got hired to run the California headquarters for the Reagan Bush campaign uh, in 1984. So I uh, got experience at the national level in politics at a very young age, probably too young to appreciate it. Um, but my next uh, decade of my life was all spent in uh, in politics in California. So I worked in um, for some consultants for a while on various campaigns and initiatives. Um, I went to work in the state legislature for a short time uh, as a field representative in Northern California. And uh, then I started uh, at 25 because I thought I knew everything. Uh, I started my own business. Yeah, who would quit their their cushy state job to start their own business? But uh, it seemed like the right thing to do. Uh, and I was a political consultant doing fundraising uh, for um, state legislators and candidates, uh, a couple statewide candidates and some local officers uh, in California. And that kind of segued into, so I raised money from, from lobbyists, um, district events as well, but lobbyists. And so a lot of my, you know, my friends growing up um, in the industry, in politics, all uh, lobbied for different associations. And when they knew what I did as far as raising money, they're like, hey, I've got an association client that needs some help. And what I really realized is that they didn't need help necessarily raising money in my fundraising skills, but they needed organization and they needed somebody to lead them. And so um, I kind of closed my political fundraising business and started an association management company. And uh, the California MBA was one of my clients at one point. Um, I just did some consulting for them. Some of the associations I ran, I did everything. 
I, you know, my staff was their staff. We kind of, you know, helped did all of their, you know, advocacy work and events and whatnot. But I was just doing some consulting for the association. And I, I have to say, I immediately fell in love with the mortgage industry and all the people that I, I met. Um, as we all know, everybody says it's very much a relationship business. And I just really connected with the people in the mortgage space, felt like I had a lot of synergy with them. I thought the same as they did. And I thought a few times, I'm like, man, if I were a chance to run that organization, I would jump on that opportunity because those people are great. And I, I think that I could really do a lot. And then as the stars would have it, um, I was offered the job and closed my business and have been here ever since. So kind of a long, a long answer to a short question, but uh, that's, uh, that's how I got here. What a wonderful journey. And we're so lucky <laughs> to have you as part of the industry. So Susan, talk to me about, you know, we're, we're still in a pandemic, but let, let's go back to the start of the pandemic. You're running an organization. A lot of what you do is a lot of face-to-face -face conferences, teaching, educational seminars. How do you flip the switch and deal with that as an organization and as an association during a pandemic? Right. So uh, nobody had a playbook for that, obviously. Um, it was uh, <clears throat> really, as we were, you know, I was doing the same thing everything everybody was, right? Taking it all in, going, what is happening? How is this happening? How are we moving forward with all of this? Um, I think it was, it, the, the initial shutdown was right before our legislative day was supposed to happen in 2020, uh, March of 2020. So that's a smaller event. Um, we realized that, you know, it wasn't a possibility to do anything in person. So we, we did that virtually, but I'm thinking, you know, there's just no way that by the time the summer comes around, I'm not gonna be able to hold these amazing events. And we had some pretty big things set for uh, for 2020. Um, I guess the first part of the pandemic was really kind of dealing all of the legislative issues and, and market issues that our, my members were dealing with. I mean, recall that, you know, a lot of my members aren't large depositories, they are, independent mortgage bankers of varying sizes. And as we all recall, that was very scary six weeks, the first impact of the pandemic and the market fluctuations and the margin calls. Um, really a lot of my initial time was spent navigating how do I work with the National Mortgage Bankers Association, which by the way, were ch champions for the industry uh, during well, all the time, but especially during that time, I mean, my word. They were working tirelessly to um, you know, work with federal regulators, um, uh, the uh, organization that manages investments that were, you know, the investors that were initiating these margin calls and trying to navigate what's happening with the with the market. At the same time, our legislature in California, which as you know is very active, full time legislature, um, were taking actions to um, really limit you know, on top of what was happening, the market conditions, they didn't really understand that, but limit, um, you know, the ability for my members to provide access to affordable credit. So the initial right. few weeks of it, Michael, were really just a, a pummel of uh, so many issues to deal with and to navigate through to make sure that my members were first safe and stable and could be, you know, ongoing in their business. And then flip to what your initial what your question is about how we run the association. It became very clear to me that we needed to figure out how, 
how a virtual conference worked. Um, I was very grateful that I've, um, I've got an incredible team that immediately started researching all the options that were available to us. And we, we narrowed it down um, to a few vendors. I think that we picked a vendor that we felt would have the you know, most connectivity and the most ability to network and to not only share information, but to connect with people because that's what we want, right? These events are great for content. I'm very fortunate that we're a large state association. We attract some nationally recognized speakers on a regular basis. Right. And I'm always glad to provide that content, but it's really that ability to network with people and to say, hey, Michael, it's been a while since I've seen you. What are you doing? Let me tell you what I'm up to kind of thing and get business done. So, um, you know, we identified the right, uh, the right vendors and I think a critical part was to reach out to our sponsors that have already committed to us and to say, look, we're all in this together. Everybody has to do this. We feel we picked the right partner to execute this and we need your support to move this forward and, and really kind of locked arms with our, our sponsors to, uh, to make it all happen. And uh, Buta told me six months before that I would be doing that. <laughs> Not believed a darn word of it, but um we pulled it off, and uh, I think that I was very proud of the events that we did virtually. Um, I think that there are some aspects of uh, of our experience holding those virtual conferences that we will employ in future events when it's appropriate to do so. Uh, but I I do feel that our in person events are really um, you know really where we shine and we can really provide the most value for our members. Well, let's we'll get to the live events in a second, but I want to ask a few more questions. One thing in a statement first is I thought you guys did an exceptional job. Like you said, part of it is networking. Virtually, what I have seen is a lot of the content, in my opinion, actually I thought got better. But trying to find ways to actually network. You know, I was just at the Mortgage Bankers Association annual conference in San Diego. How many people do you run into going up the escalator, turning around your back from breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, walking from one event? Those opportunities are very hard to do virtually, but I thought you guys really incorporated some new technology, some new ways to do it, whether it was gamification and really yeah. getting people to use it. So what was technology's role in really trying to bring to life these virtual events? Huge, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is exactly that. It is utilizing all of the technology that's available to you. And, you know, again, let's, you know, now we're all kind of steeped in it, but let's all flash back to what we were technology-wise in let's call it April or May of 2020, right? Some people were ahead of the game and some people weren't. And as I, and I'm, you know, I was probably somewhere in the middle. And I, just, I talk more than I, you know, implement technology at that point. Um, but I think understanding, again, from my incredible team that put all the vendors together, understanding all the capabilities of that technology and then actually using them. So what we did, and I think it was important uh, and, and allowed our, our attendees and our sponsors to make the most of the event was we did a series of like demo webinars beforehand. Three, hey, just come in and uh, we're going to walk you through the platform, the, the, the virtual environment to show you how to how to utilize the networking abilities and how to promote yourself. If you're if you are a sponsor, hey, here's how the virtual booth works. 
we had some companies that really hit it out of the park. So we used them as an example, saying, look, here's what Incelerate did. They have a video on there. They have a great graphic. They've got some handout materials that you can have. You can schedule an appointment with them there. I think, you know, we did a, I feel I was very proud of the job that we did about educating people on how to use that technology because it, it there is a way to network it's just not what is first thought for all of us so right. if you if you take the time to really educate the people who are using the platform as to how powerful it can be and how you can accomplish what you need i think it i think it served us well i couldn't agree more and i i'm interested to see how you guys continue to incorporate those lessons learned when you should use digital there's going to be certain conferences that i think lend themselves very well to still having a lot of digital components and now let's shift you're back we're doing some live conferences there's still a pandemic going on tell me what it's like to start again in welcoming people back to these live events boy uh well a lot of trepidation right <laughs> i mean for us our big first uh our first big event was our western secondary market conference which was pushed back. It's typically in July. We pushed it back uh, in August, as I think everybody did, to, like the most ability, you know, for us to be able to execute it in person. We also had a venue change. It's been in San Francisco for decades, and we moved it to the gorgeous Waldorf Astoria Monarch Beach Resort in Dana Point, Southern California. Spectacular, very special property, which we initially, you know, wanted to launch in 20. So we went into it with, um, you know, higher than the last in-person registration numbers, which was extremely encouraging. Um, Record-setting sponsorship levels, also very encouraging. But to your point, Michael, all that doesn't matter until you get on site. Right. Because it's how people are going to react, how they're going to embrace it. Are they going to be, um, you know, are they going to be comfortable in that environment? I think serendipitously for us, uh, we pick, we chose uh, a, a location that has a lot of outdoor space, a lot of outdoor opportunity for meeting. Um, our largest event is our all attendee party that we do on the first night, and that's all outdoors. So I think it gave people a lot more comfort in, um, you know, in interacting with people after. I mean, for a lot of people, that was the first big event they'd been to in. 15 months. Exactly. 18 months. And so it was, I went into it with, I literally cannot describe the level of stress that I was under then, but once it started rolling, we start out with a golf tournament, which is also at, the, uh, at Monarch, which is spectacular if you're a golfer. And I think just seeing the big happy smiles in everybody's face and people being so happy to be back in person, it just kind of started really in the first few hours, just kind of lightening that stress level. And, um, you know, we were extremely proud of our um, our in-person events um, this year and, you know, look forward to uh, being all in-person in 2022. Fantastic. And I, and I agree with you. And I think those in-person events, what I found this year and the ones that I was able to attend, I thought the conversations were more genuine more authentic people took more time to actually engage and talk to the person and it wasn't like some conferences in the past where it was just speed dating how many appointments can i get i got 20 i got 30 can i hear 40 appointments and just rushing from one to the other people were really excited to see one another 
That's a great point. I hadn't really thought about that, but I think you were exactly right. It was a lot more genuine, you know, the meetings were, I think, I, I know some of my larger members, now that you're saying this is kind of jogging my memory, a lot of my larger members had, had told me, it's like, I'm going to be very specific in who I reach out to or who I accept meetings from because I want to be able to really give them my, my time and my attention. So to your point, yeah, I think that that was a big impact as well. Like it's not the, the quantity necessarily, it would be the quality of those meetings that you have. Absolutely. Well, now let's switch gears a little bit. Something that's near and dear to my heart, which is mortgage innovation. And you guys rolled out mortgage innovators. And what I really want to talk about is not just it being an event, but how you've really transitioned to make it a community. Tell our listeners about that. Sure, sure. So um, <clears throat> probably you know, five, six years ago, I saw the need for us to incorporate some sort of technology event. Um, and it took a, a few years to kind of figure out what exactly that would be. But we, in 2019, we launched the Mortgage Innovators Conference. And it was our first, uh, you know, kind of dip our toe into, uh, into that type of offering as far as an event. And the goal was relatively simple. We wanted to be able to provide, because recall, I mean, we're, we're a nonprofit organization that represents the independent mortgage banking community. Okay. Yep. So my goal in all of the things that we execute is to provide high quality content and, and opportunities for, you know, education, networking for the independent mortgage banking community. So I wanted to provide you know, an event where we had a wide variety of technology solutions. I think when people initially, like six, seven, eight, ten years ago, talked about technology, it was all lead gen stuff, right? Yep. Well, now we have, you know, we have morphed into, I mean, there is technology for, and it's only growing for every aspect of life cycle alone. And that's what I wanted to execute. I want an event where I can have an independent mortgage, small independent mortgage banker come and see one-stop shopping for all the technology solutions they might be working with. And not only that, but how to incorporate those so they're not all working in silos. How are those how are those tech stack integrations working and how can I be better and more efficient at it? If you're a large, you know, a large depository, you 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 can hire a department to do all of that. Right. But my members are small and you know, small to mid-sized mortgage banks that don't have the time to do it. And so initially it was uh, you know, the conference was structured to do just that. We wanted to have a lot of um, dem on-stage demonstrations. And if you saw a product that you liked, you could go into what we call the innovation lab, little kiosk and um, say, hey, you know, vendor ABC, I just saw you on stage. I wanna talk with you about my company and how you can, you know, help solve some of the issues that I'm having. Um, then of course we had to flip everything into virtual in 2020. Interesting though, on the Mortgage Innovators Conference in a virtual environment, we had even more attendance. We had even more sponsors. We had even more people that wanted to be a part of this. So I thought, you know, we are really onto something here. And what is missing in the industry is, as you say, kind of a community to talk about what's happening in technology in the mortgage space. So we launched at our virtual conference in 2020. We, in 2021, rather, we launched the mortgageinnovators.com site, which is um, a... 365 days a year, uh, you know, live and always being updated resource for technology. And it is, uh, you can see it's bucketed out into um, different 
aspects of the life cycle of a residential loan and uh, different technology solutions for each of those um, for each of those aspects of the life of the loan. We also have an ability to provide, you know, white papers, content, lots of content uh, for it. And, you know, we're going, we have a, a podcast that we started for mortgage innovators to talk about, um, you know, what is happening, what's hot in the market. And it's very exciting to be kind of in this position with uh, what's happening in the technology space in the mortgage industry. I feel that my opinion is that I think that the financial crisis from the early 2000s really um, crippled the mortgage industry from adopting technology at the pace and the rate that other industries did. So we've had a lot of makeup time. We've had a lot of time to make up for. And I feel like we are now in a space where, um, you know, technology is only growing and it's such an exciting um, position to see all of the growth that's happening in that aspect of the industry. Oh, absolutely. And it is a wealth of knowledge and expertise that is there. Like you said, there's case studies, there's white papers, the whole gamut of the mortgage life cycle is there. For those of you who haven't gone there yet or don't go there frequently enough, please do so. It is one of the best resources in all of the mortgage industry. If you want to stay abreast of what's going on in tech, how could you incorporate it? I love how you talked about the importance of it fitting into their tech stack and giving people real world examples. It, it, it's so very beneficial. And Susan, that leads me into my next question because I think out of all the associations I work with, all of the different publications I've worked with, I truly have to say you guys do a phenomenal job of not only embracing your members, but any of your sponsors. They actually are a partner with you side by side. You work together so that it truly is a win-win-win. Tell our listeners about President's Club and some of the other sponsorship opportunities that you guys have. Yeah, thank you. So our uh, our President's Council sponsorship um, is really something we've, um, you know, we always work to improve year to year, but it's a uh, started with a, the concept that there were a few companies that wanted to, you know, be a part and have some exposure at multiple uh, multiples of our events throughout the year. So we came up with the President's Council sponsorship, which is an ant. You do need to be a member company. Uh, but it's an annual sponsorship where that company will have recognition not only at every one of our in-person events, uh, including our, you know, our major conferences all the way down to our, our networking events that we do uh, throughout the year, which we're also bringing back, uh, but also in all of our communications, every email that we send, um, they're recognized on our on our website. So it's a lot of exposure and an opportunity for us to thank those companies that have provided um, you know, significant financial support for our association. Again, I like to remind people we are a nonprofit and we are made, our goal is to represent the independent mortgage banking uh, industry through advocacy, education and connection. Advocacy being the cornerstone of what we do. So all the, you know, the resources that we receive from President's Council kind of gets reinvested back into the mortgage industry. Um, but we also incorporated um, a new um, President's Council webinar where I have, you know, uh, leaders in, you know, the political scene in California kind of talking one on one with the, you know, with the small group. And I think that that's been really valuable. We've had leadership from our Senate and Assembly Banking Committees in California, also the CEO of the California Chamber of Commerce, um, really talking about what's, um, you know, what's top of mind for, for business in general in our state. 
So it's a great opportunity if any um, you know companies are interested in kind of having that more global exposure with our association who we're reaching out to. And like I said, you guys do a phenomenal job. I know a number of people that are president spo- council sponsors and they get so much back in return for what you guys do. And it truly is a partnership. Tell me what's in store for 2022 for the CMBA. What should we be on the lookout for? What should we be excited about? What's coming in 2022? Oh, wow. Um, I, I, uh, I'm very happy to announce that uh, recently we have given our dates for our in-person Mortgage Innovators Conference that's happening uh, in the beginning of May of 2022 uh, in Anaheim. And uh, we will be very soon launching, um, you know, sponsorship opportunities, registration information, again, going to make it extremely reasonable, almost free for lenders to uh, attend because I want my independent mortgage banking lender companies, whether you're members or not, to attend and experience what we've got in store. This conference, Michael, is gonna be next level, more than we've ever done before. It is really going to be, um, have the, you know, the high energy, a lot of use, a lot more use of technology on site, um, and just the the presence and production of this conference that we are planning is truly exciting. And I think that if you have any interest in mortgage technology, this is definitely an event you do not want to miss. Um, I'm very excited about launching that this year and getting more information out about that. Of course, we've got, um, you know, uh, the Western Secondary Market Conference is going to be right back at the beautiful Waldorf Astoria Monarch Beach Resort, as well as our Campat Golf Tournament that we'll kick off with. Um, the tournament was sold out seven weeks before the conference last year. So I I assume something similar this year. Uh, And then we've got, we also have a commercial real estate finance conference that's happening in September in Las Vegas. So if you are uh, in the commercial um, real estate finance space, we've uh, we've got that event to launch as well. So um, I think those are our our major events. Um, We will also be bringing back, we've done one of our in-person networking events. So um, for those of you that are in California, we, prior to the shutdown, we had done a couple times a month these um, free regional networking events um, after our kind of mixers that were really popular. And so I'm, I'm very excited to be bringing those back in 22 as well. Susan, so many exciting things. You and I could talk for hours about all of the great things that are happening. But first and foremost, thank you for all that you do and the impact that you're having on the mortgage industry. If our listeners want to find out more information, whether it's on President's Council, whether it's on some of the upcoming events, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Oh, best way is email. And it's very simple. It's susan at cmba.com. Um, and I'm, I'm very responsive on email. So if you have any questions about um, not only our events that I've talked about, Um, But we also launched a very robust diversity, equity, and inclusion committee this year. We've got webinars that we we host, as well as we launched a podcast a few weeks ago. So um, lots of ways to be involved with our association. And make sure you guys are listening to that podcast. They share great information, great insights. So thank you so much, Susan, for being a guest on this episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. Thank you, Michael. It's been great. Introducing FinLocker, a financial super app that originators can provide their customers to improve credit, create and track budgets, save for their financial goals, and get mortgage ready. 
Users can even search for a home and start their loan application directly from the app. Create customers for life with FinLocker. Are you looking to close more loans in 2021? Experience Accelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform, featuring lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and so much more. Incelerate, helping lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. Schedule your personal demo today at Incelerate.com. Are you struggling to keep up with record origination volumes? From property valuation and appraisal to title insurance and closing services, WFG Enterprise Solutions provides flexible mortgage origination services that address your organization's needs head-on. By taking the time to understand how you run your business, WFG can create solutions that save you time and money on every transaction. That's why WFG consistently earns Net Promoter's world-class ranking for customer satisfaction. Innovative solutions, world-class customer satisfaction. Get to know WFG today at WFGLS.com. FinTech Hunting is brought to you by Next Level Advisors. Next Level Advisors, where businesses come to grow.